That's good stuff. All right, and we're back. We're back. Episode three of the Without a Pad. Pad? <laughs> Without a Pad. We're a po- whole new podcast. <laughs> Posse cast. Uh, without a pass podcast. A pass. I never felt that was hard to say until just now, and now I'm gonna, it's all be in my head. Without a pass podcast. Without a pass podcast, episode three. And uh, this episode, I was going to say this week, but we kind of skipped a week, so um, this podcast is going to cover basically the first two weeks. Getting there, getting started. It's going to be harder for me. I'm old. I'm so much old, you know, I'm 10 years older. and So it was 20 years ago for me, 30 for Yeah, you. certain stories are easy to remember, but... People have been born and have gone to Fairhaven since you were there. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> Accurate, yeah, that hurts. Sorry. That hurts. Um, yeah, you know, and, it, and it's a totally different place now than, than even when you and I were both there. It's so different. I've gone back... With my son, who plays basketball, and they've gone to it's called Empowered Youth now. When I was there, it was called Preaching Conference. What was it called when you were there? So, so they had Empowered Youth in November and Preaching Conference in April. I think they only have Empowered Youth, and they have something else like a. I don't know. They've gone to different things. They have like a basketball tournament. Well, yeah, and Travis Burke is uh, preaching Empowered Youth this year. Yes. In November. But it's the preaching conference kind of now. It's more like the college visit time for Empowered Youth, and I don't know if there is one in the spring. There is. There still is mm-hmm. one? There's still one. Is it like a preaching conference? They actually call that preaching conference. They still call the Empowered Youth, Empowered Youth, and Preaching Conference, Preaching Conference. I feel like they don't have it. I, I have flyers upstairs. I, I'll get them for you. All right. Well, I'm going to need I'm gonna need proof. Yeah. This is super important. I get it. So uh, you wanted to do a little... Uh, Oh, I was going to do a little, uh, this this episode is brought to you by me. I am a, a licensed Ohio loan officer, and if you're looking to purchase or refinance your home, uh, there'll be a link down in the bio or the description of the episode uh, for for my, my business. I'm and that's only for the state of Ohio? Only for the state of Ohio currently. I can do other states, but it doesn't pay me, so I don't want to do it. So if you're in Ohio... Uh, I think most of the people listen, although we have our stats that say where people are listening, and it's surprisingly um, national slash international. We have international listeners. So if you're international, I can't help you. But in the state of Ohio, purchase or refinance a home, and uh, we just rolled out a new no PMI purchase product. So you don't have to put 20% down to have no PMI. Nice. All right, let's uh, let's get into it. Do we it. put a link to your thing? Because you got a thing too. No, no, no. We're not doing not that. Associating. No. Nope. No. Well, I mean, it is kind of the opposite of church things. It's isn't it of the devil? No, of? no, it's not. <laughs> I'm just no, saying, you no, know, it's it's, it's one of those it's things. A, just a fun. Some card people game. probably believe that it is. Uh, it's a fun card game. <clears throat> so uh, one thing that I had uh, kind of mentioned was uh, what are what our podcast kind of is and like like kind of a, a going further up view of it this is a independent fundamental church baptist church and then the college is a ministry of that church that's always been a big distinction that's always been important so yeah because the college itself is not self-supporting like the church there actually 
it was actually super affordable. You know, that's one thing we yeah. haven't really talked about. It's it was affordable school when I was there. Yep, it was it was the most affordable school that I I found. Probably of, still is, I would imagine. Like you know, they like to keep they want you know people to be able to go. Yeah, it was cheaper than Pensacola. It was cheaper than uh, Crown College where my sister went. Um, just yeah, they they did have the best prices. That's where I was told that I belonged. Was what? Crown Crown College? Yeah, I was it. Fairhaven material. I, think I was, was doing air quotes there. Dr. Sexton back then was the... Yeah. And I liked him, and you know, I loved the area that it was in, but, it, you know, I went to Fairhaven for a very specific reason, and I didn't feel like Crown was it. So, you know, maybe it was. I don't know. I just didn't it, know. It could have been a good college, but uh, my sister went there, so I'm like, I'm not going to college <laughs> my sister. <laughs> well, everyone would have said, well, you didn't go there because Travis didn't go there. Yeah. And that may have been true like my freshman year, but I could have switched because there was other people I knew there after. And, and again, Travis and I kind of went separate ways. Um, not separate ways necessarily, but we weren't always together all the time. So I'm going to go ahead and jump to the story of how I first arrived at uh, at Fairhaven. Uh, my mom and my sister, my older sister Amanda, drove me the four hours from Cincinnati up to up to Chester, Indiana, and uh, they were dropping me off. And uh, I didn't know it, but they didn't have plans to stay. Like they were just going to drop me off, and they were going to go to the Wizard of Oz Museum down the road. <laughs> like that was their. It's gone. Uh, yeah, it's gone Something now. But like yeah. back then, it was still there. I have a story about that and too. They were super excited about that. So they uh, they dropped me me off, and before they left, they're like, you know what? I want to see your room. I'm like, mom, I don't think you're uh, able to. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's say that there was boys at male and female dorms. There was no what's the word for mixed co-ed. There was, co-ed. No, co-ed. There was no co-ed dorms at this school. They were definitely separate. They were very far away from each other. Couldn't see in. So so not that I tried. I'm pretty much sure. I was like, Mom, I don't think you're allowed in there. I think it's men only. And they're like, oh, no, it's drop-off day. We're allowed in there. So they made up their own rules, decided to go in there. Now, theoretically, they should have been right. Should have been. That should have been a day. They didn't allow. But there was people that had kind of already moved in earlier. Like, you could move in, like, two weeks before the yep. semester started. So my so. sister goes over there, busts open the door of the room I was staying in, and unfortunately, there was my my roommate in there. Was Just got done with a shower, had a towel on, freaked out. And uh, kind of hit himself. Kind of, it was really funny. My sister was embarrassed. Mom and my sister ran out, <laughs> and then they eventually got. Who was it? Which sister? Rebecca? Amanda. Oh, Amanda. Yeah, yeah. She actually oh, yeah. gave me uh, like my first nice study Bible uh, right as she was dropping me off there. I still have it today. Did anybody give nice. you money before you left? Like, did you ever get any like hundred dollar handshakes? Um, well, we had a uh, we had like a get together at church. It was me, Anthony, and Chad. I didn't give you any money, I did I? And people I gave money? us like hundred dollar checks in the yeah. box. And so yeah, there was there was quite a few. Yeah, I got a lot of hundred dollar handshakes before I left. It was good. I I think probably about five hundred. And then of course, you know, graduation I got like twelve or fifteen hundred bucks. So it was good. And it went fast. Yeah, you gave me a knife. Did I give you yeah, a knife? That's, that's what you gave me. Did they have an eagle on it? <laughs> it did, yeah. <laughs> Oh, there's money in there. Yeah, yeah. Did you never open it? Right. Um, so, so they dropped me off. Um, they didn't stay long after that. They went to the Wizard of Oz Museum and they took off. So I'm there, first time on my own, and uh, kind of freaked out. But then I, I learned that they were going to have the, the soccer practice later that evening. I'm like, I'm going to join the soccer team. 
Little did I know that they were going to run like six miles in the woods. And I got lost. And they told me if I get lost, because they knew I was going to get lost. They're like, just keep turning right and you'll eventually find your way out. So like two hours later, I find myself getting out of these woods. And I'm like, I'm I'm not playing soccer. (laughs) I'm done. They they wanted me to play soccer. um, And not because I was good at doing that. I had never played. Uh, but we, we used to play that in P.E. And um, did you have P.E.? Yes. Like a separate P.E. class? Yes, and I have, I have interesting stories about that as It well. was like, high, well, so here's here's the thing. You had to take two years. Yeah. Or four semesters of Yeah. I, I just feel like most of P.E. was like on your own. Like you had to go to the gym. You had to work out. We had weigh-ins that wasn't for P.E. because oh, everybody had It was on the, the trust system because you were supposed to run around the lake three times, three times a oh, week. Oh, I did it. I did. I don't know if I ran, but I at least walked. But then yeah, you I probably to, ran. You were on the honor system of telling them how many times you ran yeah. around the lake. And then yeah, that would be like, no, you didn't run it, fatty. You know, they'd say things like that. Um, but, no, I did try to do it. I, I did try to do it. And I hated it, too. Oh, man. I, mean, I could run way better than I can run now. But it, it was just as bad then. As it is for me now, I hated it so much. Well, they gave us the option of doing thirty-five laps, and in the it gym. was beautiful. That was a yeah. beautiful. Well, one thing we were going to talk about: it was beautiful for the first two weeks. Oh, that's true. Getting there, the sun was shining. The fountain in front of the woman's dorm, which is no longer there, I, I've found out, a huge fountain that that it was beautiful. Yeah, we were just there. It's gone. It was on. Um, everything was just. It was perfect and pristine. Like grass was perfectly cut. The the, the I mean, it's a beautiful place. They kept the grounds pretty good all year round, even in the winter. But, I mean, it wasn't hard in the winter because nothing grew. But the, 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 the whole facility, the whole campus was amazing in its beauty. When was the work day? Was that spring? They have a spring work day? Yep. I believe. Yeah, I remember. Is, they did a a Monday night work parties every Monday night with okay. the men. So there was always constantly work being done I was done always to the working place. on Monday nights. At always. Like, the whole time I was there. Because Nuke Plant was every day. Um, so we didn't get out of that. Um, but that was your, so it's, again, this is hard for me to remember, like getting there. Yeah, I so, have a photograph, but so okay. I'm, finishers. I'm dropped off. Um, I realize I'm not playing soccer that year. And so I'm done with that. And then, uh, the next day we're having what they call the orientation picnic. And then we go to this beautiful place and we, I think they, they play some games and then, they go through and everybody announces themselves and they talk about what's going to be happening and how classes are going to start. Uh, the first day you arrived, uh, you get your, your class schedule, all your books, and uh, I think we did that when in the main building and then take everything back to your dorm. But uh, yeah, it was. Do you remember what day you arrived? Was it a Monday? It was a Monday. A Monday. Yeah, yeah. That, that makes Monday, sense. That Monday night, I went to the soccer practice, got lost in the woods. Because it was a day out. you had to. I I almost feel like we started work that day. That's possible. Like, like or maybe started, I, no, that would probably be working. crazy. I doubt that. But it probably was that week. Probably by that Wednesday that week we probably. Yeah, I started think it was work. either Tuesday or Wednesday. We were assigned ministries because I remember starting ministries right away that Saturday, and it and uh, some other guys with me. I think it was like John Lowe um, and a couple other people. They're like, "Hey, come try out this nursing home." I'm like, "All right." I, I'm, you got to pick. A ministry? So, I'm wrong. The very first weekend, you hadn't been assigned yet. You weren't assigned until the following week. Because I remember I just I rode along with somebody to the Valparaiso Nursing Home. And uh, I, I liked it. I, liked, I met Paul Price there. Uh, um, 
Scott He's still Sins. doing nursing home ministries yeah. to this day. Scott Sins was in charge of that ministry at the time. Uh, there was a uh, uh, Jeremy Ingalls was one of the lead guys. I know him. And yeah, we became really close friends throughout college. So I really like. I worked very nice with him. guy. Wasn't really friends with him, but he was a very nice guy. Yeah, he, he's an amazing guy. Yeah, him and his wife are awesome. They have they have like a, I think four boys now. Wait, Jeremy was he a townie? No, no, no. Jeremy Ingalls is from. Uh, I think I think I want to say Wisconsin. I may oh, be wrong okay. About that. I was thinking somebody else. His wife. Um, but no, I know who he is, but I was also thinking, for some reason, Angles led me to some, a townie that yep. was there. Yep, so I, I went there. Um, I ended up actually being assigned there because I requested it. Um, when I met so with. So lucky. When I met Nursing with the dean, was great. I asked, he asked me, like, what I was interested in. I'm like, well, if I go back to my church. There's nursing home ministries and Sunday school ministries. I'd like to work on those if possible. So then he assigned me. Um, he's like, well, I can't give you to a Sunday school yet, but I can assign you to a bus route in, in Michigan City. And so I, my very first year, I was assigned to uh, Mrs. Almanza's bus to Michigan City. They were very nice, hmm. Almanza's. Did you think so? Eh? No, they were nice people. Nice people, yeah. But, I, I well, I think it's probably because I dealt with such harsh people that – they may have seen oh it's nicer. completely different than the gary bus routes i ended up on later travis had the cupcake of all time being with edwards i mean what a he drew a short straw on that one well i got fortunate i got switched to uh my second year i got switched to sunday school and nursing home and they were like the easiest ministries at the time i had saturday bus and sunday bus on a b route my freshman year oh and on well, you should tell them like on sunday saturday ministry you're out canvassing and talking to kids for hours, hours. i mean you know our overall route ran and we're kind of we're going a little beyond the beginning but i mean this is part of it you know this is the ministries we're assigned so but and i'll talk way more about ministries because there's just so many stories our overall route ran nearly 400 now it covered, you know, two or three different projects, some neighborhoods near the projects. And uh, so, I mean, it was a huge ministry. So on Saturday, you know, you know, you think you, you have to probably visit 150 to get a 80 to a hundred to come on Sunday. So yeah, you were going and visiting 150 kids. Now some houses had more than one kid mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But it was hours, and especially during fall push, which we'll talk about on a later episode as well, six to eight hours, I think, is what they expected. And then a regular one would be three to five. Because you would visit everyone that's currently coming, and then you they would make sure you visit like a whole other section of town. Yep. To get more people. To get more people, yep. And it was an amazing ministry. I mean, it, it touched the lives of a lot of people, and I'll explain, you know, how I know that. Like, I, I saw evidence of people when these ministries started in the late 70s, early 80s, these people as adults, not that they were great people. I mean, some of them, mm -hmm. you know, because some of them were in the church and working and doing ministries, but they knew who we were and they remembered. And, you know, again, their stories but that come to that. It seemed like it was kind of lopsided, though. Like you had people who were on bus and they were like they didn't have Saturdays. And then you no. have people who had nursing homes, and they would be at the nursing home for like an hour, maybe two hours at most, and then they were off the rest of the day. Well, I drew the absolute most brutal, like, freshman year you could imagine. I was I was taking 21 credit hours. 
I had Saturday bus, Sunday bus on a B route, which means you didn't get home until like 3.30 because you did your church on the bus on the B route. Yep. And then and then church started at 5.30. So you had two hours, maybe, in between getting off your ministry. And I worked at the new plant, which was in Michigan. So, I, I mean... The fact that I even survived my freshman year and went back for my sophomore year is the miracle of all miracles. It just shows, I mean, that how much of a different person I was at the time. Determined, um, glutton for punishment, you know, and also I was, I was just, I was there to prove something. So I don't know if you ever felt this way, but like whenever my first two weeks going to college, every semester, I would get there and all of a sudden I'd have this feeling in my stomach. Like, it just, yeah, I was sick. Like, I don't know, like, I didn't know if I was supposed to be <laughs> like, there. what know. am I doing here? What am I, yeah, what am I doing no, here? You know, I, I am never... I going to make it? Am I going to be able to do this? And then after the two weeks is over, I'm in the, you know, the sway of things. I'm, no, I never really, fine. I never really had that because the as bad as, like, the nuclear plant was, we did have a nucleus of people. We all rode the bus together. Now, on the bus, they would not allow you to talk the whole way. You were allowed to talk like the first ten minutes, and then you had to be quiet so people could read and study. Are you serious? Yeah, and the, way the nuke plant, you couldn't talk. You to were them. not allowed to sleep. You were not allowed to sleep. They dictated what you did in your technical free time when you were on the bus. Yeah, so we had quiet time. You couldn't talk. Um, on the way home, it was a little more lax. You could sleep. You could talk a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and I mean, again, that was our job. That was like our commute. And I don't remember if they charged us for that. They might have included it and made that the perk of working at the company. You got free transportation. But the bus driver worked there also. I never took the free transportation to AmeriCall. I was like, nope. I'll drive. Well, it was good. Like, again, we would we sang and we had fun. And, we, and there was a group of people there that made it fun. And the nuclear plant was kind of an easy job, honestly. At one point, we would all meet in a bathroom, like all of us guys, you know, and we would get newspapers from different like this is back when newspapers were big so we would get sports sections different newspapers and we would all meet in the bathroom and you know use the bathroom and read the paper and talk and cut up and have fun so you know again it wasn't well in the first like again talking about when you first get there when we first started working at the complaint they put us in a place called r&d which was by itself research and development down on lake michigan and it was just me and like Travis and one or two other guys that we were all friends. And then they realized that we liked that way too much. And they had to take that away from us. Because one thing you got to realize is if you were enjoying yourself in any way, shape or form and they somebody found out about it, that was you were probably going to lose that privilege, whatever that privilege was. Yep. So and, and also being a Fairhaven, you're a mile away from the beach at Lake Michigan. I went there a lot. I thought that was going to be a big part of my life. I did go there a lot. We, we didn't get to go. Yeah. And, and if you did make it out there, it was freezing cold because the wind was blowing in. And it was usually later, like September, October. I'm probably was... admitting to breaking rules here. You probably are, yeah. Um, but when I worked at Pizza Hut, I would stop at Subway and get like food. And then there was like a big welcome center at the Dunes. And I would go, and they had benches and stuff, and I would go at the dunes and eat my lunch, or, you know, second lunch, if I ate lunch. Yeah, I would do that. 
at times. I criticize my kids for that. I'm like, you guys eat breakfast and lunch and second lunch, and then you expect <laughs> us to give you dinner also. But now I realize I did it too uh, when I was in college. But so I, yeah, I spent many days, and there was times in the winter. Uh, do you remember the path to the dunes where you drove? Like that main road to get into the dunes, the trees came together, yep. and it created like this winter wonderland canopy. It was it was amazing? It Absolutely is amazing. very beautiful. Cold yep. as Heine. We did try playing football on the beach once, and uh, it's playing football on the beach is horrible, especially if you're like 250 pounds running. And, <laughs> well, I wasn't. I was. I was a thin 195 when I was at Fairhaven. Oh, so that's another thing. Uh, come to find out when you first get there, they're like, hey, so you're going to take PE, and you're going to have to be weighed in every month. And if, you don't, if you're overweight and you don't lose two pounds, at least two pounds every month, you're getting demerits. So that yep. was like my first thing going in there, weighing. And he's like, oh, you're a lot heavier than you look. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we would always uh, – when we knew we had the initial weigh-in, we would go eat a bunch of McDonald's where we'd get a big old bag of McDonald's. That way we would be as heavy as we possibly could for that first weigh-in. That was a great time in life. I don't have those worries anymore. Um, but I, I, my sophomore year, I did. I gained weight. I worked at Pizza Hut. But I was also gaining muscle. And at the end you know, of the school year, I, w- I went from like 165, 170 to 195. But I was strong. And and I went and I worked a summer job digging ditches in between the school years. And then when I came back, of course, I lost weight because I was working that job. And I was a beast at the time. They didn't care. Just the fact that you gained weight, they didn't care if it was muscle or fat. Now, that was fat there, too. I had a good layer of fat covering my muscle. I arrived at 288 pounds. And then by the time my junior year came around, I was down to 240. I remember. And uh, well, that was my... Your body for life period. Yeah, that was my body for life period. This yeah. episode is brought to you by Body for Life. that <laughs> doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> but you can probably Google it. I still follow it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm keto, pretty much. Mm. As much as I possibly can be. Anyway, that's not this topic. That's not this topic. So, okay. Well, so getting there two weeks, are you pretty much up to your two weeks? Or is there any more for yours? Um. Oh, and then uh, I think that Saturday I also got assigned a, a prayer group. Mm-hmm. That was another thing that happened yep. there, um, and I, I was fortunate. I got Pastor Love. He was amazing. He's yeah. my favorite dean of all time there. Good dude. Um, I think he is now pastoring a church out in Utah. Um, yeah, Because of him, I also joined Monday Night Work Parties, and uh, we became the Pastor Love's work crew. I, ha- I had Darcel McCoy in my prayer group. You ha- you went to school with his son, With his right? son and his, yeah. and his daughter. Yep. Darcel McCoy passed away. I think Faith McCoy is now uh, like a... A semi-famous singer. Online. Man, uh, the whole you can actually find Darcel McCoy's song. If you guys want to look something up, it's actually on YouTube. Um, My God is real. I think there's a whole album, but that's the only song I listen to. Sorry, but that's what he sang when when I was there. So that brings back good memories hearing him sing My God is real. It's a really it's a good song, and it was pretty jazzy for Fairhaven, you know. It was. It never. I don't think it ever made it onto their Fairhaven favorites. I don't know. It might have. It might have. But so you can Google that or look it up on YouTube. My God is real, Darcel McCoy. He was in my prayer group. Amazing man. And I, it's the funny thing about when I was there and anything that I did that was spiritual, like I, they would look at me like, wow, like 
you you did it they would like pat me on the head you did a good prayer like that was a good prayer oh tonight goodness. buddy so so you you remember me in high school yeah speech was my worst class ever yeah. i could not speak in front of people and when i found out that i had to sit there and, and pray in front of these other men in this room i'm like oh no and then so pastor love starts it off um i forget oh man i forget who else was in there but like he he prayed for like 15 minutes straight the next guy prayed for like 10 minutes straight it gets to me, my first time, I'm done in like a minute. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. I, I, got, I got better over time, though. Sure. But, yeah. well, but should you get better? Like, is that something that we're really striving to do? Like, I, I think it's important good for... Good public for, prayers. I think it's important for men to learn how to pray in public. I, I agree, but... Because we need more men who are willing to stand up and say, okay, I'll pray. It's true, and, but it, there's, there's fair warnings in the Bible about flowery prayers I get, I get that, but also... In public being able to do and and i guess that's what i feel like a lot of that was people trying to prove themselves i agree to that and and the thing is is i'll even be honest me too because that's like again everyone looked at me like i you know like they i just got dropped off the turnip truck at this college and i've been saved about two weeks you know i that's the way I was viewed. I was viewed as a not spiritual person because, you know, like we talked about in the first episode, I wasn't a preacher's kid. I wasn't a missionary's kid. I didn't have the heritage that a lot of everybody had. So, again, well, you do a good prayer in the prayer group. Is that coming through? The dog? Yep. Oh. I'm going to pause right here. Uh, that was a... That was a brief pause there. Brief intermission. Yeah, and we had a dog issue being loud. I don't know if you could hear it. Hopefully not. But uh, anyway, I was talking about, um, you know, we were talking about prayer group, men's prayer group, and, you know, basically how I was viewed. And it wasn't just prayer group. It was also um, I went uh, soul winning with um, uh, Travis Decker. Did you know him? Travis Decker. Um, and we went out and... One something that and this was actually my sophomore year, possibly it could have been my junior year, but we were out and I had gone to a Hiles Anderson church during the summer. Um, I wasn't going to Gazadell at the time. There was a satellite church in Dayton from Gazadell, and I was going there and I had gone soul winning with the pastor. And he said something during his, you know, spiel that you give at the door when you're knocking on doors. And he said, hey, you know, before I go, I wanted to ask you a question. Um, do you do you know for sure if you were to die, you're going to heaven, or do you wonder about it sometimes? And there was that little tagline at the end. It's going to be our moral of our episode. Or do you wonder about it sometimes? Because I think if anybody's lost, even if they're an atheist, even if you know they're hardcore against church and spiritual things, the mo- you know honest people will say, yes, that's something I wonder about sometimes. And so I think on visit, I might have led like two or three people to the Lord on this soul winning visitation. And it floored this guy because he thought I was the son of Satan. <laughs> like, I mean, he really thought I was I was super wicked. And he, you know, and again, it was just like, you know, where did you learn or how did, you know, it just, he was dumbfounded. And again, in prayer group, I would have a good prayer and they would pat me on the head. And again, I was praying flowery for their approval. Oh, I mean, yeah. I wanted their approval. That's, you know, so... 
Now, was I sincerely praying? Sure. You know, I mean, I meant what I said, but I knew what they wanted to hear, you know, and I'm sure you got to that point, too, based on what you heard in prayer group up to that time. Now, for, I didn't get to be at a lot of prayer groups because I worked a lot, but, you know, for some reason I did make quite a few of them to where I remember this. You know, I remember these things. Um, but, yeah. So, and again, after a few, then... They would literally acknowledge that you did a good you did a good prayer, you know, like you praise your kid when they take a they go to the bathroom. You did a you did a nice poop there, you know. You did a good prayer. Like that's I don't know. To me, that's just a strange, strange thing. Yeah, um, I did get better. I made sure just to make sure I, I hit all the points in the prayer. I made sure you know any prayer requests that were mentioned. I made sure I remembered them. That was another thing trying to remember oh, everything. I was terrible at that bad with names yeah so i mine were never flowery but i i did get longer as it went on yeah i mean i guess that's basically it if you can if you can like sit there and literally remember but then you're like that's what you're doing you're thinking about like why this prayer you're you're trying like every somebody else is praying and you're trying to remember like what the prayer requests were or i and i even do this that there are times when i get asked to pray in church and i have that feeling like, like Travis, brother Travis won't even be looking at me, but I get this feeling like, oh man, it's like where I'm sitting or oh, something. He's gonna call your name. Yeah, he's gonna call my name. So I'm like pre-planning, you know, my prayer in my head, and I've said some really stupid things. I said a one at the end of a prayer instead of no, amen that once. That wasn't in church. That was during our Sunday school. When Sunday, you were in my school. Sunday school. Well, I know, I know, but I'm just saying. I've said, <laughs> and we I all was, stopped like a one. I was really. I must have been really tired and hungry. Uh, I literally finished instead of Amen. Um, I said A one, but I stand by it. That's that was a running joke for a long time. Yeah, yeah, that's that's been forgotten. But A1. I don't I don't mind bringing it up. A couple things happened in that Sunday school class that that are very memorable. Yeah, but we're still friends. I think I have a bad back because of something that happened uh, in that class. But um, we I guess we should tell it now. I, that I, I, pull, I, pull, I pulled your chair out from behind you while you were talking to somebody classic joke. and you went to sit down and went to the ground you almost went through the wall <laughs> and then oh you were so mad you hit the wall yeah i had a bit of a temper at yeah. the time i've gotten a lot better you can ask my kids and now they still think that i'm a tyrant and i yell a lot i'm like and then i say when's the last time i yelled try to think of it and they're like oh oh i guess you don't yeah. like i yeah my temper's gotten a lot better over the years so we're talking about where are we at on time um I think we have 10 more minutes. 10 more minutes. Okay. So I, I haven't got to my getting there at all, basically, but I'll shorten it down. And it, it's good that I don't have much time because I don't have really that much to say. Because there, there, I have a photograph of me when uh, Brother Burke dropped us off. And I'm sitting in the back of a van with me and Ben Souza. And who else is in that picture? I think it's just me, Ben, and Brother Burke. And. Again, I think I talked about this in the first episode that, you know, he kind of gave me some advice about, you know, just play the game, you know, be what they want you to be, you know. And I was like, I don't know if I can do that. I kind of just want to be myself. And he's like, that's a terrible idea. He was probably right because, again, I was constantly told, you know, that I, I didn't fit in and this was not the college for me. And they give me examples I believe I was even given a handbook or an application for another school at one time. So, you know, it may sound like I'm really bad, but I really wasn't. But 
So I do remember like my first week. Um, so I think one of the things that I was most nervous about was ministries because you did not want to mess those up. Yeah. And uh, ministries were 30% of your grade in CE. Is that correct? Yep. 30%. So if you messed up your ministry, um, they could take they could take you straight down to a – that would be a D. 70 at Fairham was a D. So the fir- – and the first week I messed up. And um, – but they, they were pretty – easy going the first couple weeks you you know you wouldn't you know as hard as it was place they gave some grace you know for the the learning curve you know of things and i was straight up late for my bus because i thought that they were leaving at 8 30 i think and it actually left at 7 30 i got my wires crossed so i'm there and i'm like hey where's the Where's the Gary bus route? <laughs> They're like, uh, that left an hour ago. <laughs> and so, you, you know, clearly I was panicked. And they're like, oh, no, it's it's totally okay. So I went on a Michigan City route instead. That was Mr. Wright's right? I actually rode on his bus the first week. And so there's a whole story that goes along with that, too. But uh, I guess we could talk about uh, arriving there. You get your room. What, what would you say those rooms were like? So eight, little. Eight by 15, maybe? If they were that deep, I guess. But the the first, what, six feet was, like, closets and drawers. Like, they were right in the front. So you walked in, you had a closet to your right and to your left, and they were probably three to four feet wide. Wasn't the worst thing ever when someone was getting in their bottom drawer and someone walked in and the door hit the bottom drawer? if you had one of those closest to the door closets, you had to pull the bottom drawer out to protect yourself. Yeah. And that way, if someone slammed the door open, it would hit that drawer and wouldn't go anywhere. That was shocking. Yeah. That was a shocking thing. I never. I don't think I ever had one close to the door. I was always at college. I was always one of the first ones at, at, at in my room, and I always chose one of the ones closer to the other side. The only thing that was okay about those small rooms was two of my roommates were gone a lot. Uh, the other guy... Oh, when you get in, I got in a room with two Americall people. Like, two guys would go and leave. So they would be gone until 11 at night. And you have that whole room to yourself. It was amazing. Well, and then I got to a point where I was gone most of the time, too. So the room, I guess, didn't really matter that much. Because if you got a lot, if you were taking a lot of classes, had really intense ministries, I did get nursing home my second year. But we're going to have a whole episode on ministries where we deep dive into ministries a lot, you know, a lot further. And, um, so, you know, but yeah, nursing home was amazing. Like that was, that was like a gift for that year. And so when you walked into these rooms, you had one side had two bunks and those were pretty decent. You had a lower one, which is almost perfect height. Yeah. You had one above it. You had to climb a little. The other side was ridiculous. You had one bunk that was on the floor, another one midway that was okay. And then you had one that was like two feet from the ceiling. And if you ended up with that one, which no one ever really did. No. They only put three to four at max in a room. I was always in a room with four. I was always with three. I was. Well, except for one year. I was very unlucky. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but, yeah. And then the room had, like, little desks towards the back. And then, you know, you you had your own little space, you know. And, uh, you know, I've, I've got, I actually have photographs of me sitting at my desk yeah. and my bookshelf with my books and stuff and me pretending to study. Because um, I don't recall much studying happened. I probably, you know, typed some papers there. I had a little typewriter, little desktop or laptop typewriter. 
And then, the, like, my room had a window that overlooked the lake. Oh, so, yeah, my last my uh, last two years, I had the... No, I had, I had the lakeside three years. Yeah, I had, I had a lakeside had the room. one year. I mean, people that had roadside, I mean, that was just uh, the ultimate... Because you had a train come by every night. <laughs> yes. And you could hear the train. Yes, there was an Amtrak line... Speed train. It was. A, I mean, it was literally off the fence line, ten feet. So, from the front of the dorm, it was probably what, twenty yards. Yeah, because it was right across the road. There was a fence, and then the train was right. On yeah, the other it side was of it. right there. So, yeah, I never had. I always had. I was very fortunate. I never really. I don't think I realized that, and I never had. I had. Travis was in the basement, so. He didn't have no window. I never had a basement. He was in the basement, and um, but he liked it. I don't know why. I think it was less traffic in the bathroom or something in the basement because there was less rooms. So, or did, was there a basement bathroom? There was. Or, I you went down there and used it a lot. Okay, yeah, because <laughs> it was empty. Yeah, this is probably a story I shouldn't tell because this is a little sacrilegious. But we had a a three stall uh, bathroom in one of the bathrooms that we always used, and for some reason our, we made a. That bathroom's a big gathering place. We would. That's so weird. Yeah. We yeah. Well, that. we had a thing. We had a meeting. And again, this is just something I got to tell. You know, this is the truth, whether this offends you or not. Um, and again, we would all get in the stall. It was me, uh, Travis, and then Jose was his name. And um, we were. <laughs> okay. The, here, here's the trigger warning. I'm giving you a literal trigger warning. We were Poop the Father, Poop the Son, and Holy Poop. That's what we called ourselves. Your own little gang in the bathroom. Our own little gang. And, you know, and then we would be, you know, we don't have newspapers. We'd be passing them under the thing. And, I mean, it was like a 45-minute meeting. And the thing was, like, people would come in. We would try to do it at times when it was less, you know, traffic. In, but they would, they'd know it was us. Because, I mean, you look at the floor and see all the newspapers and be like, oh, it's the Poop Gang, you know, down there. And, um, you know, you did things to amuse yourself that, you know, wouldn't, you know, weren't normal or practical. It was a, just a different place. I mean, it was a different place. Um, so, you know, where are we at in the last five minutes? Yep, last five minutes. Now, what, <laughs> so, uh, what, what we learned or, um, what can we take away from what can this we episode? take away, um, you your your experience was different. I I don't remember that that feeling of dread or apprehension. I think t- for me it was I knew that's where I wanted to be, and there was kind of always something else to distract me. Probably a female or something that I was excited about. You know, in the beginning it was just being excited about the new experience. And I I will say this: my freshman year, I had I had all kinds of beliefs about what this was going to be. That were all totally wrong. Like, my world was shattered so many times. My thoughts, my beliefs, my, you know, my aspersions as to what this was going to be constantly just getting totally destroyed. Um, you know, but I, I didn't have, again, I didn't have that nervous, you know. I only ever dropped one class. There's, so there's only a couple times else in my life I've had that nervousness feeling. Now it's usually whenever I'm we moved, like when we moved from one house over here to Westchester, 
I had that feeling in my stomach for the first. And when you weeks. abandoned me, is that you know, <laughs> from Milford? Yeah, I just, I don't know. But it, I come see you more here than I did when you lived in Milford. Maybe it's just a change in location or whatever it was. But yeah, I went easy for the first couple of weeks, and then after things get moving, I guess I get more comfortable. I think it's probably everybody. If we had a call-in show, we'd have somebody call in right now and be like, "How do you handle change in your life?" Be like how I handle like starting a new job. I always get nervous about a new job, thinking like, even if it's something I've done for twenty years, I yeah. think how is my experience going to translate into this place? So, so for all those that are nervous, I'll give it two weeks. Yeah, give, give it a couple it, weeks. Yeah, weeks. I remember uh, one of my favorite radio shows was Jim Rome. Did you ever listen to Jim Rome? No. Um, he would always, and the first time I listened to it, I caught it on like a Saturday afternoon. And I thought this this show's terrible. This guy is an idiot. And then he he would say, and it's saying. Give me two weeks. And I didn't, and it was like my favorite show ever. And it's true. So, yeah. Yeah, give things some time. Don't abandon things too quickly. Yep, don't get there and then leave on the third day. I mean. Yeah, you might you might really rob yourself a blessing. Like Steve Tomano, he left the third day. Mm-hmm. But he should have leaved and left, and we were so glad that he did. Steve, if you're out there, love you, buddy. Hope you lightened up. Because <laughs> you is, needed to. Is that how we're going to end our show? <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the moral of the story is lighten up. Oh, that was the wrong uh, one. Wrong one. <laughs> All right. Well, if you've made it this far, thank you so much for listening. If you w- listen to the first, well, I said watched. If you listen to the first two episodes, thank you so much. If you haven't listened to the first two episodes, you probably didn't understand a lot of what we said. Maybe you want to go back. Um, but yeah, because we're progressing. Yeah, we're progressing. We appreciate you guys very much. I'm good. Peace out. All right. Goodbye. <laughs>